besides when you walked in Cause I have no idea where you've been What kind of energy you conjuring What kind of spells you be casting Hey. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back, my friend. We made it. Another episode. We're so excited. This is going to be a real, like, full-size meal episode, so settle in, relax, get a drink. It's not a snack. It's not a snack. Enjoy uh, with a beverage of your choosing. We have one to recommend later. (laughs) How are you doing? I'm good. It's kind of warm outside. This humidity is not the move, but (laughs) we made it. I kind of like it. Do you? I do. I know it's weird. It's well, I'm lucky to not work in a real office very often, so I don't mm. have to go from like the heat to the AC because that's okay. death. Yeah, I'm lucky that I don't have a dress code, so <laughs> I can just wear what I want. Exactly. Which your outfit is really cute. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so, should we introduce this um, dope guest we have? I think so. I think it's a good idea. Cool. So, if you want to tell us your name, your preferred gender pronoun, and our question of the day is your favorite sex toy, either like by your onesies <laughs> or with a partner, like whatever, whatever you're like super into right now, <laughs> that people want to know. All right. Well, let's see. Kane Cutswell, uh, Camera Ready Cuts is the name of my business. Preferred gender pronoun. pronoun. Um, I really don't have one. Whatever you see, you know, whatever you whatever you're feeling from me is 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 what I take. Um, favorite sex toy. <laughs> Let's see. Um, currently. Uh, yeah, currently. <laughs> currently and for like almost probably all my life is uh, my dildos actually. Classic. Yeah. Um I'm I'm Extra a classic. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a dildo fanatic. Um, using them, you know, on people. (laughs) (laughs) Different sizes, different, you know, different shapes, different girths. Textures. Yeah, Yeah, textures. Yeah, I'm Mm -hmm. into it. Great. Mm. Thank you. (laughs) So. No, you gotta go. Oh, um, yep. My pronouns are she and her and femme, if you're nasty. Hey. Um, And, okay, here's a confession for you and everyone. No, it's it's like you know i'm just i'm gonna own it sex positive i don't like sex toys that much all right i know i don't dislike them you know what i actually said like literally two days ago was like i would love to get with someone whose thing is sex toys who can just turn me all the way out (laughs) like i've never had i mean i had like one little thing with a person who like had a bag that was like a a go bag with all kinds of things and i was like that's really cute that's really cute but we didn't get to you know we ended up being friends it didn't really go all the places but i've always been like i mean you know don't get me wrong a, a dildo has shown up in my life and i've enjoyed it but i don't have like a whole repertoire or anything so i i feel like i am I'm ready to be turned on and turned out by somebody's sex toy love and obsession. So <laughs> there it is. So what Kiria said was <laughs> <clears throat> one of y'all who got one of them suitcases. <laughs> Watch your DMs. Watch them. <laughs> no, no. Uh, Ishoke, she, her, and ma'am. Also, if you're nasty. Um, I think that right now my go-to for like onesie time is the Hitachi, but like the new one with all the settings and the buttons and the lights. Um, that's the jam. And my one for couple time, couple being multiple persons, not me <laughs> being a couple. Um, <laughs> Is yeah, I'm just back to the strap. It's a classic. It's a classic. You can like throw them in the wash and then take them out mm-hmm. and then just keep going. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. if it's not broke, don't fix it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, thanks for coming to hang out with us, Kane. Um, no problem. I'm having a fangirl mm-hmm. moment because <laughs> I'm a Brooklyn girl and I'm 
been a Brooklyn queer my whole life. And, uh, you know, I definitely remember, like, my fairy gay mother being like, we're going to go to a sweat party. And mm-hmm. I was like, what's that? <laughs> and then I got there and I was like, oh, what is this? What? I don't even, what? Um, and it was just this magical land of, like, beautiful brown people. Beautiful people. Mm-hmm. When, and, like, a drum circle. Mm-hmm. In the party? In oh, the party. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll bring my congas. Classic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, I, I distinctly, I measure all parties that I go to now mm. to the sweat parties that I attended. Wow. When I was younger. Wow, wow, um, wow. That's a compliment. So I just need you to know that, like, there are folks who, like, who really do hold that in high regard. That's um, good to know. That's good to know. So I guess talk to us a little bit about what it was like sort of creating the space for sweat, um, seeing the need and then like trying to meet that need. Um, sweat was totally homegrown. Um, my partner at, at that time when I first started it and I um, would have different types of parties. And so my party which it wasn't called anything until after the first party when all the windows fogged up and it was like sweat. Yeah, I mean, everybody was sweaty and dripping and taking off clothes and dancing. It was crazy. Um, And it was in the house, so it was was started out as as a house party. Uh, And uh, I met uh, my first DJ, DJ Acere, um, at a at an event, some event that he was DJing at, and I was like, boom, you're my DJ. And he brought on Sojal, which is um, the other DJ. So it's the three of us um, who've been doing Sweat uh, for over 10 years now, uh, off and on. And um, it was just like totally homegrown, just like for, for, for our folks to come out. We invited a few people, and you know what happened. A few people turned into mm-hmm. <laughs> over 100, turned mm. into this. I mean, people were siphoning in and out. The party was going on till after 4 a.m. Mm. People slept over. Mm. It was crazy. So then after that, we just kept on doing it. And it got a little bit too big for the house. So then we moved to someone else's house. <laughs> and that party was freaking tremendous. One of my friends had just um, bought a condo. And it had three floors. So, and then when we had the rooftop, and we were right across the street from the police station. Okay. It was 4th of July. Stop. And (laughs) I forgot what ridiculous price we had for people to come in, maybe (laughs) one or two dollars or some crazy price, but people were giving like mad money at the Mm -hmm. door and. Just let me in. Yeah, it was it was (laughs) a crazy. That party didn't end till like 7 a.m. Cops never showed up. I mean, the rooftop was crazy. Every floor was crazy crowded. All sorts of stuff was going on. It was, it was just, it was the best. Um, and then from there, we started doing it in clubs mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and different places like that. And, you know, it became the thing that everybody kind of looked forward to. Also, um, I had made it so that the parties were pretty much 18 and up. Mm. So baby gay me was <laughs> right. so happy because I'm 28. So 10 years ago, mm-hmm. this is like this. Is, my friends were like, wow. we're going to go to these sweat parties mm-hmm. and you're going to see what it is. Um, before I like went off to college and I was like, whoa. Yeah, it was great. And the club owners were, were really good because I had a reputation for having a really um a really good crowd a really well-behaved crowd Mm -hmm. so when i said when i would say okay look i have a list of Mm -hmm. these under 21 folks Mm -hmm. these are the only under 21s that are coming in they honored that you know um we only had one party that got out of control and um talk about it yeah we heard it was because (laughs) um, some some haters had uh Uh had cake because they they were a little upset that we got this certain venue that other people weren't able to get. And they came in and somebody like threw off, um, sprayed some pepper spray and yeah, it was really bad. And from there it kind of went downhill. Mm. And I was like, man, one hard, one horrible party. And like everybody kind of disperses and Mm -hmm. you know, it starts Mm -hmm. to dwindle. But like there's, I was a little upset because I was like, man, there's these other parties that have fights all the time and Mm. they're always crowded. Right. I have one positive I have one I have a positive party with one outbreak ever 
and right. you know people kind of just turn off so that was kind of kind of weird to me and a little bit um heartbreaking mm-hmm. as far as community goes you know right. um and so since then we kind of been off and on with the party and uh what's happened now is that the people that used to go to our parties now have their own parties mm-hmm. right now sweat is not did, didn't start by itself i have to i always like to give homage to the ones that came before me right and the party that i used to go to was called um tracks and there was a tracks in new york and there was a tracks in dc and i think there was another track somewhere else and tracks was 18 and over mm. every all people partied together boy girl whatever you identified as um however old you were there was a whole bunch of different ages and so um and uh, house music was really big back then so mm-hmm. all like cc peniston and all of them used yeah. to come and perform and they had different levels and you know so it was that's where i that's what i was used to that's what i grew up with mm-hmm. so when i started like getting older and going to different parties and it was so segregated it was like this is a girl's party right. this is a boy's party right. and then you know trans men can't come into the lesbian parties and right. it was just like i was like damn and so that's actually you, you asked in the beginning where sweat came from that is that is where i got the inspiration to come up mm. with it because i was like i'm tired of this i don't like being segregated like we complain as a queer community about how straight people treat us and then we come together and do the same thing to each right. other it makes right. no sense to me so that's that's where sweat came from is uh wanting to make sure that everyone could party together so mm-hmm. i wanted there to be all ages all colors all sizes uh the the main premise was i didn't want people standing on a wall you know, mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't want the people standing on a wall just posting up, looking hard, looking this, looking that, because that's what was happening at parties. Now it's like you just went to the party to look cool and right. give somebody the side eye and all this and all that. So when certain people would come to my party, um, and I would see them like standing on a wall, I'd go up to them and be like, "Yo, come on, let's you know, let's dance or put a smile on your mm-hmm. face. You know, you don't gotta, you know, you don't gotta, you know, mean mug." And a lot of people didn't really know it was my party, so they'd be looking at me like I was freaking nuts, you know? <laughs> but then they get into it because you don't really see the promoter dancing. I was just thinking that. Yeah, and, and carrying on. And, boy, man, I would carry on. Yep. Bring my... <laughs> you would. <laughs> you know, I'd bring my congas out. I'd be, you know, jamming mm. on them with people. I'd let every anyone who wanted to sit and play could play. And a lot of times, you know, it didn't sound so great. But that didn't matter. Nobody cared that, you know, people were offbeat while they were playing the drums. It was about releasing. Mm-hmm. You know, and me and my DJs, we're real spiritual. So we just wanted people to to release. And, mm-hmm. and you know, we mm-hmm. have a lot of activist friends. We wanted them to have a place to, to release and mm-hmm. to just not have to think about all the heaviness that's out there. Right. right. So that was that's what sweat was all about and i'm glad that you know that people love it loved it and um and that it's a memory you know because i have my memories of what i call my partying days and i'm glad now that i'm hearing like other people's memories about sweat is really cool so now there's others that are creating memories for others Mm, yeah um uh, like I said, people who used to go to my parties now, they have their parties and, you know, they're jamming and they're doing their thing. I have a couple of questions. Like, you just you just spoke a whole lot of truth and okay. it was um, it brought up so many things for me, like a few things. One, I'm curious about um, well, one, the way you interacted with the party. Like, you, you already named it. That's unique, right? Like, not all promoters. First of all, sometimes the promoters are literally the ones on the wall. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Look yeah. what I created. Exactly. Or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm, one, I'm curious about your background before party. Like, were you in community organizing? Were you, like, what was your, you know, pre, I'm going to throw this party. What, what was your relationship to community? Uh, I'm not a community organizer. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe some people would say that I am, yeah. but I don't, I don't see that I am. Um, I wasn't in any uh, any uh, uh, organizations or anything like that. It's just um, just me, my entrepreneur self, mm-hmm. and 
just wanting people to have a good time, trying to do things for the community, which, like I, I have to say, sometimes it's it's disheartening. Sometimes, like, I get hurt by the community, mm-hmm. and I'm like, fuck it, I'm not doing this shit anymore, you know, but um, I can't help it, you mm-hmm. know. I, I see something, Speak on it. and I want it, I want to you know make a change or or provide something i'm not i don't consider myself an activist maybe some people would Mm. but i like i'm not gonna march with i'm not a marcher i'm Mm -hmm. not a picket sign holder but i will make sure you have a place to release and party i will Mm -hmm. make sure that you feel good or if i'm cutting your hair we can talk Mm -hmm. you know and so i guess that's my my part of activism and I feel like like sometimes I get put down like people be like, well, what are you doing for the community? And I'm like, what the hell do you mean? What am I doing for the mm. community? Just because I'm not out there on the street like you doesn't mean that I'm not doing something for the community. Mm-hmm. Everyone uh, has a different role. Everybody has a different role. And I know my role and I play my role to its fullest. And as far as interacting, what you was asking about interacting in the party, um, I love that because I've, I, all right, so... As an entrepreneur and as a, I used to manage a Starbucks as well. Mm-hmm. And so I, and I read a lot of management books and stuff. And so my thing is that I feel like your, your people are a reflection of you, no matter what job you have. If you are the head, your people are a reflection of you. So if I want my party to be good, then I have to also enjoy my party. Mm. I have to get out there and I have to party. I have to show you what to do. So just like when I was managing a Starbucks, I had to be on the floor. I had to make drinks. Else, you know, the people who work for me would be like, what the heck are we doing? You know, it doesn't (laughs) help with morale. So I think that um, in anything that that you do, if you're the head, you should show the example of what that thing looks like. Right, right. And I mean, this is something that I've been thinking about a lot, um, especially because I, I, you know, I did start partying when I was pretty young. What are ways that you're creating safety, right, in in this space, right? I have, you know, like I said, I've been going to sweat parties, a lot of parties, for a long time, and I've seen a lot of things, I heard a lot of stories, um, and like it always breaks my heart when I hear a story about a space that I love, right? Mm -hmm. When I hear, you know, I was at a sweat party and this is what happened to me. Um, And so, for me, I guess my question is like knowing what we know now about creating community safety, knowing what we know about uh, now about um, community accountability and, and the fact that we can hold ourselves down and mm-hmm. we don't need to call the cops or anyone else. Like, what are ways or that you have or are planning to implement community safety for folks who are participating in this party space? Right? Because like, I'm a female-bodied person right and I am small and some people like don't realize that like I'll kick your ass but I shouldn't have to um so what are ways that like you've taken the time to create safe space um and how have you responded right if folks are coming to you and saying hey you know this happened to me or this person um you know made me feel unsafe right what are ways because I think that is a really important way to challenge folks to come back into your space mm-hmm. right if you're if you're hearing you know this is the way that I'm going to create safe space because in other spaces maybe you haven't been safe well let's see so uh, actually sweat has always been a safe space and that's another thing about me trolling the party is mm-hmm. that I see everything that's going on I'm 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 drinking I'm partying I'm having fun but I'm also watchful and I'm also um able to diffuse something that I might see, but I actually have never seen anything mm-hmm. at a sweat party that needed to be diffused. So, I mean, and like I said, that could be because when I, when I would advertise the party, I would say, we, we don't tolerate any, you know, just from the get go. Mm-hmm. Don't, if you're not, if you're not going to have a good attitude, don't come to the party, you know, leave your stuff at the door. So mm-hmm. it was just that one party that mm-hmm. we had that problem. And it wasn't because of really um the invited people or the people who normally go to sweat it was because of these outside folks who came in to on purpose try to start trouble Mm -hmm. and so what i did after that was i sent out a a letter to everyone to let them know like what was happening so um even the owner you know who saw the the person and um even the cops when the cops came 
they named who it was. So every everyone pretty much knew. Wow. Yeah, it was it was really um it was really quite crazy. And I was really upset. Um because that is that has never ha- it had never happened before mm-hmm. and it was really upsetting because I I hold my reputation and my um just myself mm-hmm. um very very high. Mm-hmm. So when something happens that is below my standard yeah. I, I take it very personally, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so as far as um, in as far as future, I mean, the only thing that that we didn't feel too much that there was anything to do because we had never had that problem, and it wasn't a it wasn't an internal problem. Right. It wasn't a problem with our people, right. right? So I knew whoever was coming to sweat was on point so we had some good parties after that um you know but i think that um it changed it changed the climate changed yeah um the yeah i I was there (laughs) yeah were you there that night i think that i left before before the melee yeah right and so when i heard about it i was like what mm-hmm. i don't know what you're talking about that was a great night yeah exactly <laughs> yeah yeah you know and it happened it happened pretty pretty well into the party like when it was really about to get into like yeah. beast yeah. mode you know so um but that was unfortunate uh but i i think that um i mean we we just keep doing what what we always do mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um I don't know that much else, much else there is to do. You know, we're okay. we're not really patting down people. You know, like we don't want to create that kind of atmosphere. Right. So we just went on as business as usual. This was a one-off, and it was a one-off because it never happened again. Mm-hmm. So um, it sounds like you have a really strong role in curating before, during, and maybe even after. I don't, I don't know, but like. You know, you said you had a list of people under 20 yeah. and under 21, and that's unique, right? Mm-hmm. Like, even someone, like, to be over 21 and have a connected list of young people, mm-hmm. that's, like, we, we're losing that intergenerational, <laughs> like, kind of thread. And so that's oh, powerful yeah. mentorship in yeah. this way, I think. Like, I actually am I'm kind of salty because I never really had a queer mom. Aww. So, so you can borrow mine. It's okay. okay. Right. Um, but like that's that's really important. I think yeah. for you know live, coming up in this world, we so f- seldom have healthy um, mentors and and mm-hmm. models. And so that that's something you were doing, curating guest lists, knowing who your people were, starting in homes and then moving that home field mm-hmm. to a venue, and then being aware. Like it's it's amazing how much can be prevented just by simple awareness and exactly. intentional presence. Yeah, I like my eye went on every person. I may not have remembered everybody, but my eye went on every person. I would greet people, thanks for coming to my party, mm-hmm. you know, you know, uh, hope to see you again or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I knew almost everybody at the party. There are people that will come up to me and say, oh, you know, sweat, da 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 and I, and I may not remember them, but I know I can say that I had my eye on them. I just may not remember it at that time. But right. yeah, you you got to be in it. You know, you got to be in it. Right. That's just my belief. Yeah. So you know. you know, connecting along these lines to community, um, I know that you also take time to create space for um, folks in community as it connects. You know, you being a barber and you being a healer, right? And, and that in and of itself is a really sacred space. Mm-hmm. Um, so talk to us a little bit about um, the ways that you connect your craft, right, to your healing um, and, and how those things allow you to work with community um, to also create a very different type of safe space. Mm-hmm. All right, that sound, that's mm-hmm. good too. I mean, it's like uh, that also started around the same time as Sweat. Um, I was managing Starbucks and... I had a lot of a lot of friends that would come up to me and they would tell me uh, about their horrible uh, experiences at neighborhood barbershops, mm-hmm. being refused service, being talked about, not feeling comfortable walking in, not being greeted, um, so on and so forth, or get not getting the haircut they wanted. Um, so that entrepreneur brain went off again and I was just like, all right, well, I'll just go to barber school and I'll, you know, I'll just learn how to cut hair from the Yeah, you know, let me just do this real quick. Yeah, exactly. Just hop up on in here. 
<laughs> right? So, okay. So I went to barber school, got my license, and um, started cutting hair for friends. And the next year, I stopped working for Starbucks. And since, since then, 2007, all I've been doing basically is cutting hair and whatever other little stuff. Ten years. I love that. That was good. Yo, you you already got your tickets for the boat ride. Yeah. Exactly. That's why. Exactly. And you know I have a microphone. So Yes, I know the microphone. You know it, right? I have sung some songs. All right, all right. I'm gonna be passing that microphone. So real. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so um uh yeah, so as far as like cutting hair, um camera ready cuts, definitely um or all the same premise. It's like just making sure that people have a safe place mm-hmm. um to feel comfortable. I'm all about I'm not okay. I'm politically correct and I'm extremely not politically correct. Okay. Talk mm-hmm. about it. And um so I camera ready cuts to me um, right now. I'm I'm trying to get my own barbershop, and I have a hey, yes. I have a GoFundMe for that. Oh snap! There's a GoFundMe <laughs> that we're gonna totally link in the show notes, so you should go click on it. Okay. Show notes about to be lit. Yeah, lit, lit up. So um, I'm trying to get this space, and what I what I envision it to be is a place where people can come in. You can be politically cor- correct. You cannot be politically correct. I just want people to be able to have whatever kind of conversations they want, be themselves 100%. And um, so I used to cut hair just in, in my house, right? Mm-hmm. So one of my bedrooms was set up like mm-hmm. a barbershop. Mm. And so, um, and that's also how I've, that's how I've all, always <laughs> done it. And so um, I've had some crazy conversations in there mm. with words that people would be scared to use in the queer community you know mm-hmm. and um you know i've had the n-word used i've had there was a i have a story about um it was black history month and i was playing all sorts of crazy new black history stuff mm-hmm. and uh, one of my white clients was like um can we watch something else and what? at the at that time I had like two other clients in there just like sitting what? and everybody just was like <laughs> <laughs> and um I was like I turned them around and I was like no we're not watching anything else it's black history month and so this is what we this is what mm. we're going to watch and so then we all got into this great conversation mm. about like race and because i was we were all talking about how um drugs were put in t- into the community on purpose and the, and they and the that caucasian person was like no it wasn't the government wouldn't it was child yeah, yeah, yeah. it was yeah. interesting but you know what but it was okay because it was all in love and at the end of it i was like look this is all love right you know i didn't see him for a few weeks but that's all right he came back you feel like he, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he came back he had to you know relax Process. a little bit yeah he exactly learn. he had to learn to deal with that. his guilt and it was Ooh. and it was okay and it was great and that's what i want you know what i'm saying like that's what I want. Even me, if I have to be put in check, like put me in check too. I want to. I want a good That's conversation. Yeah, you know. So, and I want it to be with the with the queer community. Mm-hmm. There's a mm-hmm. lot of stuff that we need to work through. So the space that I'm looking at has this huge backyard, and I just see like conversations back there about feminine butch and about hmm. you know heteronormative what is that is that really a thing hmm. and why is that yes. so bad and you know and I mean you know and all sorts of stuff might, I mean but all the whole gamut of the conversation what do you prefer what do you know why this that you know, the, you know just everything you know um, so I want to just unpack a whole lot of stuff I don't know why but it's just um, hmm. it's just what I envision I just want a place where where like queer folks can feel like they can come and just sit. So right now I'm in a barbershop because I moved out of my apartment. Mm. So I'm inside of a barbershop that's near where I used to live. Okay. And um, I'm learning a lot. <laughs> How learning is it a lot. for your clients who are coming in? You know, they book appointments online with you because mm-hmm. I know you prefer appointments. Make an appointment. Mm-hmm. Um, and show notes. Oh, listen, it's gonna be in there. 
so they book an appointment. They walk into this barbershop, which is in Crown Heights. And what does that feel like? I don't know what it feels like for them. That's mm. a good question. Okay. I should ask it one day. But I think I'll ask it when I get my own spot. Mm. And, okay. you know, we can talk about that. But um, I do wonder what it feels like for them because I'm there. So I think there's a level of comf- comfortability, like, okay, Kane is in here, so it must be okay. okay. But then every once in a while, though, there will be things that happen or things that are said where I have to be in my client's ear like, I'm sorry for that, you know. Mm. And they're like, no worries, we understand. But then it, it hurts me and it, it makes me feel really angry because I'm like, I did not want to put my clients in this situation. Mm. And here I am doing it. Is it a cis male dominated spot? Or? Oh yeah, definitely. And um, you know, but it's um I mean things have changed a bit. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. I think I'll talk about it more at a later 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 time, yeah, sure. the deepness of it, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have but, the um, new shop processing. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Talk back. Yeah. Talk yeah. Back. But yeah. um, you know, it's um it, it gets crazy in there sometimes. Um, mm. I know it gets crazy for my clients. Like, I could take it, but then sometimes even I'm just like, come on. You know, we mm. certain things need to be, you know, certain things are regulated, but then a lot of things get, get through. And mm-hmm. um, I'm just seeing a lot that that I didn't see before mm. and uh, but I'm also understanding something about the, the male dominated barbershop that's actually needed mm. you know like a lot of men who go in there they go in there before before they get home and they they process you know they a lot of times they're just talking about recipes they talk about stuff you don't think they're talking they're, they're like talking cooking. about cooking and you know about yes. clothes about how they can't find the right jeans anymore mm. and I'm like <laughs> I have that same problem too you know so um, you know, there's a lot of things, you know, they'll drink or whatever. Yeah. And um, and they, they talk about how they feel or they talk about their woman. And So what you're saying to me is that we can't quite delete cis men yet. No, no, <laughs> not yet. No, <laughs> All right. no. But, right. you know, they need their space yeah. and we need our space. And that's what mm-hmm. I'm going to create. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And it sounds like you are still continuously like acting in a way that your presence and your engagement with the people you invite mm-hmm. is what helps create the space. Right. It's about a relationship exactly. with you. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. I have a question for you. Okay. I am grown. Uh-huh. And I see across the table from me is another grown mm-hmm. person. But not it's not me, y'all. <laughs> Love you. It's you are your way. Me. You're at the door you're the doorstep of grown. I'm gonna <laughs> sit here in my Saturn returns and ruminate on that for <laughs> So okay, so I have this little anecdote from my life. So I'm originally from the Bay Area. I did go to one sweat party, just so you know. I awesome. did. And it was right. sweaty and fun exactly. as hell. <laughs> it was. The windows were all the way fogged up mm-hmm. and it was I think it was like my first actual pride in New York oh. and people are like we're going to sweat duh and I was like oh okay okay I'm coming okay yeah <laughs> it was great um, but that was my only sweat experience but I'm from the Bay Area originally so I think I'm on Facebook I'm looking at an event for a party that when I was a cute young thing used to be like the it party um, my f- you still a cute young thing no yeah, thank you thank you thank you um, but yeah, my friend was like the promoter, so like I used to get like in for free and stuff and drink tickets and all that, mm-hmm. and all the cuties is there and blah 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 blah. So I'm looking on Facebook. It's been some years, and I'm looking. It's like, blah blah blah, Bay Area party, blah blah blah, grown and sexy. Oh, man. And I was like, no, <laughs> I'm dead. We've died. <laughs> Pull up the hearse. Okay. Oh, swing low. <laughs> so I want to talk to you. I need a moment here mm-hmm. as a fellow grown person. Yeah. Like, what is it like to like grow in this scene where like being sexy is so associated with youth, dancing mm-hmm. and having fun and a good time, having drinks is so associated with youngness. But like, we can be grown out here and still want these things. Mm-hmm. You're out here throwing a boat party, like. What is it like to grow in that way in, right. and still want to party? Talk oh, yeah, to me. Yeah, yeah. Help me okay. out. <laughs> so I'll tell you the truth. I will not use grown and sexy on my flight. Thank you. And the reason Thank why, God. yeah, is because grown and sexy to me, 
does it's grandma's party take, yeah yeah if it says grown and sexy y'all yeah i'm not going oh that was good yeah uh-huh. i'm not going yeah. i'm not 30 yet and so to me grown and sexy okay wait so this, to is me, a, this is a grown person moment wait 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 i just need you to know <laughs> okay to okay. me when you when it says grown and sexy on okay. a flyer it it says right. to me that i'm not welcome right mm. no i get exactly I okay. and so same like way. as yeah. a person who's under 30 i'm like oh that's not for me like they don't want me there right so right. i don't go right. and maybe you do want me there but i don't if that's what it feels like yeah. and so mm-hmm. i just i'm like mm-hmm. okay and that's exactly why I won't put it because that's exactly the same feeling that that I get from it grown and sexy means you know if you are under 30 we don't want you here and maybe that's not what they mean maybe they mean 21 and over but then say 21 and over you know but um but maybe they do mean you know because maybe they feel like they're older so they're trying to attract um you know their crowd as well um so it has been a process, you know, because I don't feel my age at all. Um, I feel, I just feel how I feel. Um, my age, I've never felt my age growing up. So to me, um, I'm Sprite, you know, I'm, I'm jumping, <laughs> I'm jumping, I'm doing, you know, I'm banging on the drums, I'm doing all of that. Can't say they still bouncing. Exactly. But actually, what I realize is that <laughs> things changed for me a, a, a few years ago, mm. actually, not even recently, a few years ago, okay. because I realized things changed when I would be around, I guess, what I would call young people. Mm. I didn't call them anything then. Right. They They're were just, just the my people. Right. Yeah, it was like, yo, we party together, sweat. What are you talking about? And I would, I would go to a different event and we would all be there. And I, as soon as I would walk up and be like, yo, what's up? The conversation would change and their attitude towards me would change and it was very so? it was very like it was almost like saying hello miss kane no. yeah it was it was almost, without what? saying that without saying that yeah <laughs> you know and then like like okay i'm gonna shout you out brooklyn boyhood oh will call me uncle kane <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Lord, our mentions gonna Uncle, be on fire. Uncle Kane, you know, and I was like, our Wait mentions a are gonna be on fire. <laughs> I was but like, also. Uncle Kane, and I swear to God, I was going through it. I remember I was I was talking to a friend. I was like, Yo, when did I become Uncle Kane? And what does that mean? What am I? It means you to gotta do? wear some white linen pants. You gotta wear some brown sandals. That, you gotta get a Hawaiian print the, shirt. What's that hat? The cat like daddy it. hat. Yeah, the the cute, the cubano. Yeah. Is that what it's called? It's called the cubano hat. Like you know, you gotta, oh you gotta God. get your cat daddy on. Thank you for letting me know because I surely didn't know. And I was like, what am I supposed to do now? And this was when they were just coming up with, you know, they were just getting their idea. They were like, yo, we want to do these calendars and stuff. And it was like, yo, oh my I, God, okay, the calendar. you know, yeah. And they were like, oh, and then yo. And so check this out, right? They may not think I noticed this, but Ooh. I was like, "Yo, I'll be in the calendar." And they were like, "Oh well, we already have people." And like, Yo, <laughs> okay, okay. Pause on that for a second. Why the hell can't can't you be in the calendar? No, 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 no. But and, I, no, and people I, older than you know what I'm saying, like, no, what is but that? It's okay. it's to me, okay. that doesn't make sense. Right? No, no, no. It was fine. It was fine because the way I understood. <laughs> I appreciate. No, I appreciate you politicking and no, being generous. Way, no, I'm serious. Okay, go the, ahead. The, I did understand. It okay. was funny to me. It was like truly funny to me because I was truly like, yo, like, yeah, you know, this is cool. I could be, yeah. a, you know, I'm always wanting to be in some shit. Same. And I'm, you know, and, and so I took it as I don't need to be in every fucking shit, you know? And so that's, okay. you know, they had their idea. Mm. They had their people that they wanted. They had their look. They had their thing. Mm-hmm. And I respected that 100%. Mm-hmm. And so, <laughs> you know, it was just funny to me. And it, it helped me also to realize, okay, you know. <laughs> I'm not. It didn't matter that there were people that may have been my age or older than me, in the calendar or not. Mm-hmm. It was just. It could have just been how they saw me, okay. or or it also could have been that sometimes you want to start your own thing. Yeah, and you don't. You know, somebody who may have already done their thing or, or is doing their thing, you you just want to set your own name. So you yeah. don't want to have. You know, some. It, it wasn't a disrespect. It was probably just 
look, we're doing this. We wanted. We don't want to. You know. Yeah. Right. We want to keep this separate. Ryan, the, you can totally no come on the show that. and talk to us. That's true. <laughs> yeah, Whenever let, you're let ready, Ryan. Know. Let me know if, if I'm being. Crazy, no, no, no. But that's what I thought. <laughs> no, you know? I hear you. And I also like. There's yeah. a specific relationship there, right? Like they yeah. did learn things from you, and they're trying to be like, let me try my wings out. Let me try. Right. Which we're like, like we're doing our thing, and, and they're doing great. It. They're flying. Exactly. They're soaring. Which is great. Which is what they should be. And and the thing is, they didn't. It's not even like. I helped them nothing, nothing, nothing. It's just, you know, they came to me with their idea was already set. Right. Their stuff was already set. There's nothing that I told them except for do it. Right. Yeah. But I'm sure they learned by, by, you know, being around you and being a part of the space. Sharing the space and talking to you and seeing, you know, there's something to be said about like taste and feel, right? Like Mm -hmm. you, you don't really experience something until you taste it and you feel it. Can that be the title of this episode? I like that. Oh my God. There's something to be said about taste and feel. There's something to be said about taste and feel. (laughs) That's it. That's the voice. (laughs) That's the voice. Oh no. All right. I feel we are unwinding here. Yeah. Yeah. It's real. It's real. It's real. All right. So we're gonna, we're gonna do this thing. So many people, helps contribute to what is currently Truths and Queers um, and one of the contributing ideas was this segment called Aesthetically Queer as Fuck so we want to talk about what it is to to have a queer aesthetic right and so many come so many people come to you to create and maintain their queer aesthetic mm-hmm. right? right so what is it like for you to sort of be in a space where someone's like, here's what I want. And maybe uh, they don't know exactly what it is. Maybe well, they so. don't have, yeah. <laughs> having had a few partners who have shown up at your door and me. So you like don't know that I've been in your house a bunch of times. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but I've like gone to you with other people because they're like, I'm going to go get a haircut okay, from Kane. you got a hair room, all right. Uh, I don't. Um... <laughs> But I just have a type. Called out. Damn. Uh, no, I just have a type. Um, and my type usually likes to go get a haircut. And they usually go to you. Uh-huh. And, you know, they're like, well, this is what I want to feel like. Right? And you are able to translate uh-huh. that feeling into a thing in the physical world. Right? And that, to me, that's magic. In, in its Thank purest you. form. Thanks. To me, that is magic. And so what is it like to, like, do that every day? with all of your clients for the last 10 years. Mm. Yeah, that's, it's a lot. I mean, okay, so I had a client recently come to me with a design Mm. and was like, oh, can you do this design for me? And um, I was like, you sure you want that design? Like, I could do something better than that, you know? And it was my design (laughs) from a while ago. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) They were like, well, I got this from your page. I was like, so you've grown yeah (laughs) that was the funniest funniest shit ever but um uh so i can't really talk about the beginning because like in the beginning i thought i was fresh Mm. Mm -hmm. but now when i look back i'm like damn Mm. okay i guess there's a reason why i don't have all of my clients from when i first started you know (laughs) and that's okay you know um but i think um for the people who have stuck with me, um, as far as uh, creating something out of nothing, people will come to me and I, I don't know what it is. I can't explain it. That's a very good question. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I really have a real, real answer for it. Um, somebody will say, I want to, I don't want to look feminine, mm-hmm. but. I have a job and I don't, or I have family and I don't want to look too masculine Mm. and I don't know exactly what, like, I don't, they will come with, I'll just sit there and I'll listen Mm. and I'll look at them and I'll listen. And, um, from there, I'm just like, okay, well let's try this and let's try that. And maybe I'll show them some pictures of something that I may have seen, um, or that I've done on someone else. And it comes from there. I mean, most of the time, people, they don't, they don't use, they don't know barber terms. So they'll come and they'll say whatever they want. And um, they'll say, well, I, don't, I know I'm not saying it the way I'm supposed to. Uh, but I think asking questions and showing pictures kind of helps. Um, 
and just going with the person's spirit. I, maybe that's why I can't really put it into mm-hmm. words yet. Um, even just with doing designs, a lot of times it's just what I see in that person. Um, I remember one time I did a tree in the back of someone's head and when they looked at it, they were like, how did you know that I love trees? Mm. You see, so things Mm -hmm. like that happen. So that's Mm -hmm. why to me, it's like really spiritual. And um, I always say, you know, when you're in someone's head, you know, I'm taking on what, what you're going through. Sometimes I'll be angry. And I'm like, wait a minute, this anger isn't mine. Mm. It belongs to this person or this Mm. insecurity or whatever. It's a very spiritual thing to be in somebody's head. All right, so special edition, summer 2017. You are returned from BlurredCon, first annual. It was lit. So I have a few questions for you, my friend. First of all, what is BlurredCon in like a couple sentences? So BlurredCon is the inaugural event um, put together to allow blurreds, blurred being a combination of the word black and nerd, <laughs> to come together to do all things fandom, right? To interact with each other in the ways that we love to do that so often we are erased from in standard fandom spaces. So gaming and comics and novels and movies and television and cosplay, which you know is my jam. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, you know, just creating a space that was inclusive and understanding of black nerds and, and the things that we need from a fandom space. Nice. And where was it? It was in D.C., it was Chocolate City, at Chocolate or at least City. used to be. Well, uh, it was in Crystal City, so it was actually in Arlington, Virginia. Oh, snap. But Crystal City was cute. Oh, there cute. were there were plenty of brown people there. All right. And let's talk about what specifically were you doing at BlurredCon, because you had a little bit of a special role. Yeah, so I sat on two panels, um, the first of which was a mental health panel, so... Mm women, queer women of color, talking about how we use cosplay to um, function with, cope with, manage our mental health. Um, That was actually the first time I've sat on that panel. Um, It was really great. That's so lit. I feel like we need to have a whole like episode where we have some of those panelists come and talk here. Y'all (laughs) heard. Breaking, you can just write your calendar. All right. Um, Okay, so then I have a few questions for you. Oh, wait, you had one of the panelists. All right, right, right. I have one of the panel. Kiria knows about this. I do. Because, you know, she out here helping us moderate the panels. Um, So we had our favorite panel, the literal favoritest panel that I've ever sat on in my entire (laughs) life. Uh, Supergirls, not black on being black, queer, and cosplaying um, with the fucking homies, Cleopatra from the Bronx, everybody. Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> yes, yours is really good thank too. Thank you, thank you, I'm trying to be like you. Um, everybody loves Tony Ray, That Jay Woo-woo. Justice, and Harley Lovegood. Um, we are all queer black cosplayers. We are all folks who fucking love fandom but also often get erased from fandom and so we were really talking about how we take up space how we push back against pinkwashing how we push back against um this idea that like we don't exist and that we shouldn't consume the things that we love and i just i really love sitting on this panel i really Mm -hmm. love talking to these people um i really love hearing the ways that they have created the world the way that we need it to be Mm. um and it was so 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 amazing to hear not only like what we were saying but the audience's love and appreciation Mm. and and understanding right and sharing of their experiences as queer black folks as straight allies and, and what it meant for them to be in that space and share and organize, right? And to and to create sort of a sanctuary um, yeah. with us. So that was 
That was really dope. That's dope. I have to give testimony real quick. So I have moderated this panel, which was an honor and so lit. That was at New York Comic Con. New York Comic Con 2016. We out here. We out here. (laughs) So that was pretty amazing. But before that, I went to FlameCon and I saw them just host this panel and I cried. I'm not going to lie. I'm a crier. But it's fine. We love you. (laughs) It was amazing to just like I, I am. I'm a blurred. Right. And I came up um, as many blurs, I think, have in a way where my my nerdiness was only reflected in white culture or white people. And I left nerd culture because I didn't feel seen as a black woman. And I sort of like tried to be all about the other parts of my which are true other parts of my identity, which are not as much about fandom and more about like other kinds of swag and coolness and maybe fandom for things that are more cool in the mainstream but I had this like secret little itch in the back for all these nerdy things so to see like the Star Trek night that we're supposed to be hosting that several beautiful black femmes and black studs and black magical people have told me all about they're like yo aren't we supposed to be having this Star Trek (laughs) night let me put me on blast right now (laughs) I'm like oh we are but Kyria is supposed to be planning the Star Trek night (laughs) alright okay I'm working on on it record um, (laughs) having said that we're going to plan a Star Trek night (laughs) Kyria is going to plan it and I'm just going to show up (laughs) alright so it's true I'm a Trekkie I'm a third generation Trekkie first memory I have of Star Trek was falling asleep on my grandpa's lap and belly and then talking about it with my dad and now I'm a Trekkie that's beautiful right and so like I but I had to like erase that part of myself because I was like oh that's white stuff so to see this panel of beautiful black people owning their nerdiness so publicly dressing in the costume it was so emotional for me so I just want to say thank you I'm a fangirling out for you right now real quick (laughs) thank you for creating that space and making a space where I feel visible and seen in this way that I don't normally and like that's really like as a person who comes from also a Trekkie family like it's so real I'm serious it's real like black folks really fucking bangs with fucking Star Trek and no, so we were all up in that series okay. from the beginning. From the jump. From jump. Martin Luther King Jr. said, I love Star Trek because of Uhura. And told Nichelle Nichols that she could not leave. That's right. She was about to leave. She's, Dr. King said, you best not leave. What you not going to do is. <laughs> all right. Okay. We're going to win the weeds here. Fucking sidetracking <laughs> shit. Okay. Anyway, the point is... Um, I don't know. I have been working in community and with people and doing the things for the last 10 years and nothing has ever made me feel mm. like how I feel after a Supergirl's Not Black panel. Mm. Like The people who come up and talk to me, the way that people address me, the people who are like, we're going to be friends now. We're going to be forever friends now. Mm. Because you just said the things that I've been thinking about my whole life. Mm-hmm. Like, that is such an amazing experience. And I really just have to fucking shout out Cleopatra from the Bronx. Because we She's fucking sat on her couch so one day. <laughs> and we're like, what if we talked about this thing? That we both have been feeling for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And she has just continually made space for that. Mm-hmm. And, and driven it forward and challenged the ways that we exist in the world. And that has been... Like, this past year, because it's about our, like, one-year anniversary, right? Because, you know, the first time we did it was at FlameCon, which mm-hmm. was last year in the summer. So we are, it's, it's been about a year of this, this mm. thing that we're doing together, and it has taken us on this fucking journey. Mm-hmm. And I just so appreciate every single step from sitting on the couch and talking about shit with Cleo to being at near comic-con and like being in the midst of a panic attack and still fucking sitting through that panel oh my god with all of you held it down and so like graceful and glamorous 300 something some people in the room it was packed standing room only so many people were like i was just i was three people away from the door <laughs> like mm. so many people have said walked up to me later and like you do that supergirl panel wow oh my god i i almost got in at new york oh, comic con wow. like I don't that feeling is so crazy to me but also I want I'm like where where can I give you that Mm. 
Because if you were there waiting for that panel, that means you need you need to have this conversation with us. That's you fair. need to hear it. You need to talk to us. So where can I get that to you? So we're working on that. Platinum scheming. Listen. <laughs> so let's return f- to BlurCon. BlurCon. Okay, so I got three questions for you about BlurCon. Okay. Let's start from the lowest to the highest. Okay. First of all, what was the most outrageous moment of caucasity at blurred con 2017 so all right okay here's the tea so (laughs) a lot of folks were mad about the number of white people white people spelled w-y-t-p-i-p-o white people uh white people at the con and I get it, right? White folks are like, convention, that's for me. Um, and also, uh, Hilton, who was one of the organizers, he's the head nigga in charge, um, was like, uh, hello, y'all. I can't legally tell white people that they can't come to this convention. <sighs> we can't, like, there's laws. Really? Yes. It's like that? It's, it is. The we same laws. Space that's like- the same laws that say that white people can't kick us out of a space Ugh. also protect white people from us kicking them out that's of a the space. That's a flawed law. I, you, I heard you. Okay. I heard what you say. All right. Lawyer, lawyer base. Where y'all at? <laughs> come on, come through. We got some things. We got at? a case. <laughs> um. So you know, he, he. There was no way he could be. He could deny white vendors mm-hmm. and cosplayers from being in the space if they applied. They they had, you know, access. Okay. But for me, the peacock Cassidy was white cosplayers deciding that they needed to be front and center at black, at a fucking convention called BlurredCon. Bitch, what the fuck are you doing no in the respect. front row? In the front row of a motherfucking shoot. No. There is no reason. There is absolutely positively no reason that you fucking thought that you needed to be in the goddamn front of the goddamn photo shoot get out no and i feel like this is not for you there are some things that are not for you yes come to the convention yes cosplay but if celebrate us right if we are saying we are having a blurred con convention right right if we are having a blurred photo shoot move to the back Move to the, or just don't come. Oh, don't come. You could just not. You could just not. Ooh, our mention's gonna be on fire. That's all right. I said what I said. <laughs> all right, so that was Pete Cockassidy. Now, row. let's Front counter that row real quick. What was the blackest moment of BlurredCon The blackest moment? Okay, so back that ass up. The, the, you know how the, <laughs> the opening strains of Back That Ass Up comes yep. on and people like get ready we're gonna have like, to put that in the episode <laughs> about, about here. just right in the front uh, that's the right. transition song for this um, <laughs> so the opening strains of Back That Ass Up come on and Tony motherfucking Ray of everyone loves everybody loves Tony Ray like go look at his cosplay page cause it's great fucking rips his clothing off and runs into the party. Of course it did. And I, in my fucking bikini, <laughs> was cosplaying Johnny from Mortal Kombat. Uh, I also run into the party because I had taken a step out. It was hot, you know, sweating. Uh, we, we all, all the black, you could just see the black people wherever they were, right? They like turn around and start walking back into the space, right? <laughs> So we got folks who were sitting on the ground having some water. Like, I don't know, this my shit. So they like all get up and run back in. Like it just was like, <laughs> you could just feel the blackness intensify <laughs> at the fucking Saturday night party when Back That Ass Up came on. And just, it was just twerks. It's just ass and legs and arms and just bodies and like sweat everywhere. It was, it was beautiful. Like it was, it in the way that like black folks just know how to create joy mm-hmm. in the midst of what the fuck ever Come this on. was joy mm. in the midst of what the fuck ever like just peak black joy mm. yes yes okay let's add on to that layer on that mm-hmm. goodness mm-hmm. what was a peak queer moment all right so peak queer moment 
Me and the queers. Uh, you know, the whole, the whole. So we, we, the Wakandan High Council. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really just a bunch of really magical, beautiful, black, nerdy folks went to this gay bar in Arlington, motherfucking Virginia. Oh my God, tell me about the gay bar in Arlington. It was trash. (laughs) We walked in and we decided we were leaving. (laughs) So we get back to the fucking hotel. Like we get back to the Hyatt and we walk into the party and like just all, like we all just fucking walk in, right? And like here, here is this like squad Mm. of queers, right? And like, representing like all kinds of different like faces of queer and bodies of queer and and spaces and number of times that we've been in queerness and years that we've been out or whatever all of us walk in and so many people were like right they were so excited Mm. that we had come back to the space right Mm. and some of them people had been in our panel Mm. some of the people had been in different panels that we had been on all of these people knew us as our whole selves, like as being queer and being black and being nerdy. And they were so excited that we had come to join the space. And that right there, I was like, me twerking on all of these very attractive black women. (laughs) Just so many attractive black women. Just, wow. Wow. Black as fuck. It was queer as fuck, and I was so into it. Oh my god, you've just made my whole night. I'm gonna go home and have dreams about this <laughs> fabulous queer black as fuck moment you just painted for me. Thank you. Anytime, Thank you. Boo. I think it's time for a toast. Yeah, <laughs> toast. All right. <laughs> I'm excited. Oh, uh, right. Everybody, re up your glass or whatever. Okay, yeah. And I just did. <laughs> so what we drinking this week is um, my favorite, <laughs> which you didn't even know. I didn't even know. We didn't look at the ancestors. Thank we got you. some Jack Daniels honey. It's not obscure. You can get it at any liquor store. All right, bougie black people. I know y'all gonna be out here like, uh, we've been knowing about that honey jack. Yes, we know that you know. We know that you have been drinking this at your brunches and your barbecues. Mm-hmm. We know that this has been the drink that is at Honey Groove for the last two years because it has honey in the name. We know. We know y'all like this. But... Curia has a very specific reason that we chose this particular drink. Do I? You do. That's what you tell Other me. Other than that it was on my shelf? I mean, yeah. <laughs> but also, so, all right, yeah, I'm going to yeah. tell a story. Yeah. So Kira doesn't generally like sweet drinks. Right. Yes, that's true. But Ishoke does. And so, and so do other people in Curia's life. So we are, we are trying to, we're trying to come to a compromise. We're bridging. Where we are, we are meeting each other. This in bridge the called middle. my drink. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, y'all. That was really good, though. <laughs> so we are, we are, we are coming together to compromise on the ways that we can drink together. We have very different palates. This was one of our compromises. That's right. I am so happy that we have arrived in this space. That's right. <laughs> this is like a little vacation, like a, a palate vacation for me. I mean, don't get me wrong. Last last time we had a sweet drink too and that was nice. I like it when it has a little... nearly sp- like this. No. It's when yeah. it has a spice to it I can handle it. But, so I am a, I'm a bourbon girl. You know, like that's just... <laughs> bourbon and whiskey yeah that's where I live um, but yeah when, when someone introduces Jack Daniels honey you can have it with a little water you can have it with a cube of ice when it's hot and it just melts down and kind of smooths out a little bit or, or with or with as I learned today from the fabulous Kane yo Kane is out here lemon juice in it is listen incredible listen add a little lemon juice and an ice cube to your Jack Daniels honey in life a teacup. In, in a teacup. We are drinking in teacups because we classy like that. Classy. Pinkies so, up. Pinkies, pinkies up. up. Let's cheers to Jack Daniels, honey. Yeah. Don't forget, look in the eyes. Yeah. No Who bad sex here. Bad sex? No bad sex. For Nobody. Seven years. That's right. 
Mm. Yeah. Now, Yo. I always get teased because um, I do love sweet drinks. Mm. <laughs> I, yeah, I know. I get, I, I get laughed at all the time. Because usually the women that I'm with love hard drinks. <laughs> <laughs> Balance that makes a strong relationship. Yeah, it's like, so, that it's works so crazy. Out. Like, they out. laugh and be like, oh, look at you with your little sh- umbrella in your drink. And what? I'm like, that's all right. Umbrellas are cute. <laughs> that's me and my boo, too, though. They're you can like, put it in her hair. <laughs> my boo's like, margarita daiquiri. I'm like, give me the jack. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, Kane! Thank you so much for blessing us with your presence. Check the show notes for boat party, carnival, carnival for Kane uh, camera ready, camera ready cuts. That's right, and there's a GoFundMe you can support the store. Oh my God, so many things you can click on. Look at that. So good. Get it together. Thank you. I really appreciate y'all having me on this show. Really, really, it's It's great. It's It's a pleasure. All right. (laughs) Thank you. Cash money record taking over for the nine nine in the two thousands. So the booze featured in this episode was Jack Daniels original recipe. Tennessee honey. You can get it at a literally any liquor store. Anyone. You should bring it to any place where there will be bougie black people because they'll just drink it on ice. The music provided in this episode was by B. Stebwell and Abel Shifara. Thanks, y'all. You can check out their incredible music in our show notes. Find more links to their, their work. We are a member of the Gifted Sounds Network. This episode was produced by Giselle Hernandez. And special thanks to our magic man, Lance John. Thanks for rocking with us, y'all. Thanks. Love ya. (laughs) Love you. Mean it. Bye. Bye.